They, they need our prayers and need help from the Lord, so don't forget them. Now I want to finish where I was starting this morning. I knew with studying that I was not going to be able to do it in one session. So uh, in first, uh, Second Peter chapter 1, if you'll go there please, I want to begin to read. Uh, in, uh, let's start with verse 4, if you would please. In Second uh, Peter chapter 1 verse 4. Whereby are given us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an interest shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir up you, stir you up by putting your, you in remembrance, knowing that surely I must put off this tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me. Now I want to start tonight with verse 8. Notice it says, For if these things be in you and abound. Now he's talking about the seven fruits that we talked about earlier. And uh, we just read of those just before this. And if these things be added unto your faith. Now he's talking to Christians, all right? And so he's saying you, that we need to add to these things. That we have to add these things to our faith since we are saved. And Peter goes on to say in First Peter, or Second Peter 1 and verse 9. <coughs> Excuse me. I got a frog in my throat and he crossed his legs. But verse 9, if you would please. I, I missed verse 9. But he that lacketh these things. Now he's still talking about a saved person now. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Pray with me. Father, give us understanding of the Holy Spirit of thy scriptures tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I admit, I, I particularly, when I read this, I thought of two men that uh, I've mentioned before. Uh, that uh, after I got saved, these two men were deacons in our church at the time, and they came by my house and uh, gave me the assurance of my salvation. They sat down with the Bible and showed me that once I was saved, I was always saved. 
because when they first come in and sit down and talk with me, I was brought up in the assembly of God, and they didn't believe that you could be saved and know it forever. And the house of it, because they believed if you slipped up and sinned one time after you were saved, that you'd lost your salvation. You had to start all over again. And so uh, these two men come by, and I knew I accepted Christ, but I still, in my mind, I got to be careful because I might lose it. And that was just in my heart. That's the way I felt because of the teachings I'd been in before. And these two men sat down and give me from the Word of God that once I was saved, that I didn't do the saving, that Christ did the saving, and He'll do the keeping. And He explained that very carefully to me out of the Word of God. And then, uh, skipping on down about five years later, I was in the masonry business at the time, and I was building a house in a subdivision, and they had a fence between where I was working and the house behind it. And I heard these two voices, and I recognized it was the same two men. And they were cursing. They were sitting over there drinking beer and uh, just carrying on. And I thought, my word, what happened? Here's two men that claimed to be children of God, and I believe they were. But notice verse 9 again. Now, and I'll show you something. But he that lacketh these things, what things? Those seven things that we mentioned, virtue, love, all these things that we mentioned before, he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see for all and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. There's two or three times, I know it's twice in the book of Peter, that Peter mentions that you can be saved and you can get away from the Lord so far that you'll forget that you was ever purged from your sins. Now that's tragic. That's a very tragic thing to me. I don't want to lose that precious assurance of myself at always. Uh, it's good to go down this road today in, in traffic know you can hit somebody head on, get killed, and you know you're going to heaven. Uh, just anything. Name anything you want to. Uh, life is short and it's quick. And, and I think about this. No matter what happens to me, I know that I'm going to heaven. I've settled that. And I've put these things into my life. Now watch this. Here's threefold tragic results of failing to add these seven great attributes to your faith. Number one, you are blind. Now the Bible says when a Christian is blind spiritually or have no vision spiritually, the Bible says the people perish. Secondly, you cannot see afar off. Now notice, you make no plan for tomorrow and you have no vision or no ambition for the Lord. And you find Christians like this everywhere you go. They only see that which is before them today. Now, since the day I got saved, my vision has been, this is not it. I'm passing through. I'm going home. I'm going to heaven one day. And then nothing can stop me. In other words, I see a fall. Somebody that's blind and got back into their sin, so to speak, that's a Christian, they can't see that. And the Bible makes that very plain. You find Christians all over just like that. And thirdly, to fail to add these things to your salvation makes a person forget that he was purged from his old sins. 
Now, it is possible for a man to become a self-centered and so cold and negative in his life as a believer, failing to add these seven things, that he even forgets that sometimes acts and he acts like he has not been purged from his old sins. He forgets that he's saved. Now, and he gets to the into this condition is by it very swiftly and brings the chastisement rod of God upon you as a believer. Now remember something. The Hebrews said that God would chasten you. And even David said in the Psalms, I'm, ga- I'm glad, and this paraphrase now, but this is uh, in a nutshell what he said. I'm glad that I was afflicted that I might call upon my God. Now you think about that for just a minute. Affliction sometimes... God puts you through things to get your attention, to get you back to Him. You get away from the Lord, brother, you're still His. You're His child, and you get so self-willed that you forget you're His child, but God will remind you of that by by chastisement. Now, verse 10, Wherefore the rather, brethren, and now that that word brethren is very important in that verse. Wherefore the rather, brethren, that's children of God, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. You know what that simply means? Make sure you're saved in the beginning. I had a good friend of mine uh, years ago. He had a teenage son. And uh, his teenage son made a profession of faith when he was small. And uh, he was telling his daddy one night, he said, uh, Daddy, I'm just not sure that I'm saved. And uh, he sat down and talked with him, so he called me. And he asked me to come out to his house. I went out there and sat down with the young man. And I said, tell me about it. And he, he told me all about when he made a profession of faith. But he said, I don't know if I'm in it or not. I just don't know if I'm saved. And I said, all right. Hey, think about this. It doesn't matter if you were saved back there. But the important thing is that you get saved here. Start right here. And make sure that you're saved tonight. And, and I've had a many person come forward and tell me they want to be saved. In reality, they were saying to me, I was once saved and I think I lost my salvation. No, what they needed was the assurance of their salvation. And so you take the Bible with them and go back just like they were lost and let them see that Jesus said, I said, start here. Start right here. And make sure. Call upon the name of the Lord. Because he said if you'll call upon him, he'll save you. And if you'll call upon him, ask you to say, get it settled. And I tell people uh, when I lead them to saving faith in Christ, this is March 6th or and give the date and the time and the place to them and you can always come back to you right here. You can know that you called on the Lord to save you right here. Settle it with the Lord. And the Bible said that when you settle it, don't go back. Now, get this. Notice the word believer in this verse makes this statement directed to every believer, not to the unsaved. Then notice, <coughs> give diligence to make your calling and election sure. It's not God's will for any Christian to be tossed to and fro with doubt and uncertainty and anxiety. 
and get it said of the Lord. Is God will that every believer know for sure their saved or their calling and election is sure. First John 1 4. These things I write unto you that your joy might be full. So it's God's will that we have great joy in the Lord, knowing we are saved. Then notice verse 10. Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. These things are the seven things we are to add to our faith in verses 5, 6, and 7. And if you add to it virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity, then the devil will never get at you and you can be a victorious Christian and always overcome sin in your life. Then verse 11. <clears throat> For so... And entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, notice now, we can abundantly enter into the, this kingdom. Just, I, I, my daddy used to say this to me all the time. If I can just get into the corner of glory land and sit down, I'll be happy. And I told him over and over again. I, that's not what I'll be happy. That don't make me happy. I want everything God's got for me. And I mean that. Just to get to things. That just getting in the corner of Glory Land and have a little cabin. You ever heard people say, have a little, they sing songs about a little cabin in the corner of Glory Land? No. God wants you to have a mansion. He said He's going to build us a mansion in glory. I don't want just a corner in a glory land. I want everything that God has got for me. And that's where joy comes in. And we can abundantly enter the kingdom. We can have this entrance with reward, recognition, and honor. Not just going in by the skin of your teeth. This can be enjoyed only as we add these seven things to our faith. Notice now, if you're saved by faith, you're going to heaven, period. A person does not uh, add anything to his faith in order to go to heaven. But we're to add these things and work at it diligently because we're going to heaven. The faithful believer who works at these things diligently shall for sure enter heaven, rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You know, one of the greatest joys you're going to have in heaven is because you've lived the life of Christ before people, that you, God's giving you power to win people to saving faith. You know what's going to be one of my greatest joys? Is to, I was thinking about today the people that I've led to the Lord all across this country. And one day, I haven't seen them since. I haven't even talked to many of them that I've led to Christ over the years. But one day I'll see them face to face. And one day we're going to rejoice together Verse 12, Wherefore I will not be negative to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Now Peter is saying here what I've tried to do ever since God called me to preach and teach His Word. I will not neglect my duty to tell the truth of the Word of God to anyone. Now I mean that. Although sometimes it hurts. I was talking to somebody just a minute, one year, a minute ago. 
that uh, the one thing I want to do is scripture. I want to be scriptural. I don't care what it is. I want to be scriptural. And I've lost a lot of friends by they want me to compromise somewhere down the line. They want to compromise uh, my Christian life in some way. Well, you can do this for me. And I said, no, I can't. Because I'm going to stick to the truth of the Word of God. And it hurts sometimes. But I guarantee you one thing, it'd be like the men that, I, the, the men that was under me at, at Shell Oil Company as we were working. When I got saved, they didn't want nothing else to do with me. They'd go over and sit down. There's that little preacher boy. Or that little deacon. And they called me all kinds of things. Because I'd read my Bible at lunchtime. And just sit over there by myself sometime. And, and be with the Lord. I was so happy to be saved. But those same people that made fun of my Christianity when I got saved. After God called me to preach. I'm talking about years later. Those same people. I remember one man, his wife got very sick and was dying. And he called me and asked me to pray for her. Why? Because I stuck to the truth. And he knew that what I was saying was true. Verse 13. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Now Peter's saying it's necessary to keep you keep reminding you of your responsibility as a Christian. Can I say something to you this tonight as, as, as simple as I can make it? Do you know I have to be reminded every day? You're a Christian. Watch what you say. Watch what you do. Watch where you go. I had a person just between me and Mary, I was telling them about it, and they said, it's nobody's business what you do. I said, yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'm a testimony, and I don't want to leave my testimony number one. And what I'm saying is, when you're, when you're the Christian that you ought to be and put these virtues into your life, you keep reminding you every day. You remind yourself every day, I'm a child of God. i got responsibilities as a child of God. Then verse 14, Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me. Do you know, folks, this life is short. And I'm going to have to put down this body for long. And you're going to have to put down your body for long. And you know, we're going to face a live God when we do. And I want to be able to hold my head up before God and say, Lord, I've done my best. I know I haven't done everything just right, but I've done my best. And He says right here, it, knowing... Why do I remind you of these things? Why do I exhort you to do these things? Because I'm going to face my God. And it ain't going to be long off. <clears throat> now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1-13 through 13, tells us that this body is nothing but a piece of clay to live in uh, that we can serve the Lord in. And knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men of these things while we are in this body of clay because at the most we don't have long but we're going to meet the Lord face to face and that's why we're to remind people now notice I believe that Paul had these seven things in his life because he could say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 8 we're confident 
You know that's a very important word. I'm confident that Jesus loves me. I'm confident that I'm a child of God. I'm confident that I know I'm going to heaven. I'm confident that my God loves me and takes care of me. I can say and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Why? Because I'm confident in these things. Amen? <clears throat> now, verse 15 starts out more over. Peter has something additional to say to these things. Notice what he said. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. You know, it must be an awesome thing to know for sure that you're about to die. But Peter knew he was. Yet he kept on preaching the same old message. Then verse 16. For we have not followed cunning device papers when we were made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Peter is saying here, these things I've been preaching into, unto you about Jesus, living, holy, looking for Jesus' return, these are not fairy tales. This is the truth. It's not fiction. Peter was an eyewitness of the glory of Christ. And when Peter saw a resurrected Lord, he saw a glorified Savior, an incorruptible Savior, in a glorified resurrected body. <coughs> then he warns us not to follow foolish fables, to establish our faith, though, upon a solid rock, the glorified Savior. I was witness to a young man one time. He said, you ever seen uh, Jesus? And he said, you telling me that you want me to worship a dead God? And I said, no, sir, because he's not dead. He died, but he rose again. And you know one of the glorious things that we're going to see one day? We're going to see his glory. I've not seen that yet, except I have seen some of it. I've seen it in the face of people's dying. I've seen it in the face of little babies being born. I've seen it. Uh, we prayed for people and people, God literally raised them up. They were dying. I've seen a little bit of it. But can you imagine one day we going to see Him? That's what keeps me going. Amen. Stand with me, would you please? Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll bless us tonight and help us, dear God. We can't do this thing that you've called us to do on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us every day and keep reminding us every day we're a child of God. Be careful. Be careful. The world is watching. We want to be a witness. We want to see people saved. But we must remind them that you are the Savior, not we ourselves. Bless us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here.